0: Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Most of us probably heard that when we were kids, but now you know it's absolutely not true. Thanks for joining us on In the Meanwhile. Hello, welcome back, this is In the Meanwhile with Les and Paige Hughes, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the power of the tongue, the power of our speech. So we'll get to all that in just a few minutes, but first of all, we wanted to uh, get you caught up if uh, on several things that have been going on in our lives lately, just in case you may want to know. And uh, also, I wanted to get to talk to Paige some, because I don't see her very much, (laughs) and I don't get to talk to her very much these days. So, uh, how are you?
1: I'm good, thanks. Good. You want to
0: catch the folks up on what's been going on lately?
1: Yeah. For those of you that are um, real familiar with our family, you know, we have four kids, and right now, two of our kids are expecting babies. And so, we're excited. Our youngest child is a daughter, and her name is Janae. And Janae, is expecting a little boy in March, and so we are really excited about that to come, Um, and then our daughter-in-law that is married to our oldest son, um, her name is Lacey, and Lacey is expecting a little girl. She is to be born in June, and her name is going to be Lottie, um, named after Lottie Moon, and really her given name will be Charlotte. Um, but they're going to call her Lottie, so we're excited about some new things happening. Is that public? In the
0: it is now. It is now. Okay. <laughs> By the time this airs, it'll probably be. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They need to be talking about it anyway. That's right. We
1: like her anyway.
0: We do. <laughs> That's right. Growing family. What else?
1: Not a whole lot. Looking <laughs> forward to some uh, mission trips coming up and mm-hmm. some things. And just completed uh, today a twenty eight day detox um, of a. Spiritual, mental, and physical variety, and man, we've seen God do some really, really big things over the last 28 days, and we're rejoicing over that, and rejoicing because tomorrow, look out, we get to eat.
0: Well, I was, I was, I was sharing with Paige earlier that I may stay up till midnight just so I can have a pizza. I may do it. I may do it. If Five Guys was open at midnight, they'd be having a customer tonight. Bacon um, cheeseburger. I'm just kidding. We're not gonna. I mean, that's maybe once in a while. You know, um, you're going to be doing some traveling pretty soon. I am. So that's that's a, a good thing. Going mm-hmm. going to see our daughter and
1: yeah, and, and I start son-in-law. some speaking. I'll she be, does live with that
0: guy, right? Yeah, She's married she too. yeah. She
1: does. And I'll be speaking in Mississippi this weekend, mm-hmm. and then going to be traveling some to Kentucky and some other places mm-hmm. to do some speaking. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about the days yeah, to come. A
0: few things going on. Okay. And we know that you have a lot going on, too. So we appreciate you joining us for a few minutes during these video podcasts. And um, I, I, we really hope that they add some value to you and your walk with the Lord, especially. Um, this episode, this podcast is brought to you, as several have been lately, uh, by a new course that we produce called Your Story in His Story. So we won't go down deep to explain a lot of what that is. If you want to know more, please feel free to uh, look at the, we'll try to include a link on these on this podcast, or if you're watching on um, YouTube, we'll put a link down there for you to go to. But basically, this is a, a, a video format uh, um, series of lessons, it's designed to go along with you if you're reading through the Bible for a year. So each week, I do a, a teaching video on part of the Old Testament and part of the New Testament. So there's two videos per week, one at the first of the week, one toward the end of the week. They're about 15 to 20 minutes long each. They're not to take the place of your scripture reading. They're to supplement it and and complement it. And and um, you know through the years, one of the things that we've tried to do in our Bible teaching is really to to build a bridge between the ancient world and this world. And uh, those things were written, not only for the people in in that context, but for people of all generations and of all ages. And we we know that our story is in His story, God's story, because the Bible from Genesis to the book of Revelation is the story of redemption. It's really the story of what God was doing in Jesus even before Jesus came as that little baby in a manger in Bethlehem. So it's called Your Story in His Story. That's basically what it is. And if you'd like to know more about it, you can go to my website. It's leshughes.com, and there's a link on there. Or you can um, look at the link that's on this. We'll we'll try to have it available. I, I believe we can do it on this video as well, okay? So, for the next little while, let's go ahead and and jump in and talk about the power that we wield with our speech. The Bible refers to it as the power of the tongue. You want to get us started?
1: I do. You know, uh, the biblical basis or really foundation for that really is found in Genesis 1. Mm -hmm. When God is forming the earth, you would think that God would form the earth out of his hands or that there would be something physically that he would do to form the earth. But if you look at Genesis 1, chapter uh, chapter 1, verse 3, uh, it goes to say, then God said, let there be light. Right. You see, he spoke creation into being. And if you go through that whole chapter over and over and over, every time he created something, he created it by speaking it into being. Therefore, there is power in word and power in the tongue. And not only did God create with that power, but he has also given us power with the tongue.
0: That's right. You know, we won't read this passage of scripture, but if you're familiar with the book of James much in the New Testament, and that's that's one thing we really want you to to see along with us during these times we look at God's Word is, you know, it's just a... The Bible is just an amazing, amazing library of books. So it's That's not nice. just... It's just not just one book. It's a library of sixty six books written over the span of centuries. But there since there's one author, the Holy Spirit, there they're such a unified whole. So you've got all these things that we're gonna share some of from the Old Testament about speech, and they're just echoed and reinforced and and completed really by what by the things that Jesus said and the New Testament writers said. So James, the half brother of Jesus, that's writing that small New Testament letter, speaks about the power of the tongue. And it's such a small instrument compared to the rest of our bodies, but it's capable of huge things, much like, as as he says, much like a little spark can can set a whole forest on fire, and and a small rudder can steer a huge vessel uh, around the Mediterranean, or a small A couple ounces of a bit in a horse's mouth can guide that animal that weighs about a ton. So just in the same way, our tongues, very small vessels, are capable of so much good as well as harm. That's why when I began by saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, that's just not true. Her words have the capacity to to build up, and they have the capacity to tear down as well.
1: That's right. And so we want to just talk to you a few minutes about words themselves. Because if there's power in words, then what exactly do you want me to learn from this? First of all, we believe that when you speak words, you declare truth. You declare things, and you don't just declare to others, but sometimes you declare to yourself things that God has said. Not only do you declare things, but you can give a command you can say, this is what God has said to do, therefore go do it. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is, with those same words, you can impart wisdom and knowledge. And so we're going to look at some of these things kind of in context to what that could look like in your life. And so as we start, the first thing is, I believe I, I personally and you can declare to ourself what God says about us. That's right. You see, the world can tell us a lot of things. It tells us that we're not enough, or that you know, we're not small enough for, for this, or we're not smart enough to do that, or we're not, and you know what? There are a lot of people around us that lend into that and, and to give you all the reasons that you're not enough. But God wants you to know from his word that you are made in his image. And so as you declare to yourself, I am made in the image of God. Not only that, Psalm 139 tells us that we are fearfully and and wonderfully made. And so when the enemy, especially because really he is the one that's declaring the deception and the things to you, he doesn't want you to believe what God says about you. But God says to you, I've made you like you are for a purpose. Listen to some of these other scriptures and things that God says to you. You are complete in him who is the head over all ruler and authority of every angelic earthly power. So God has made you over even the angels were under them for a while. But we're going to come back and we will even judge them. It tells us that we are alive in Christ, that we are free from the power of the law and sin and death, that we are far from oppression and we don't have to live in fear. Therefore, because we are born of God, we are adopted as his children, then we are heirs with him. And so when the devil tries to tell you that there is no value in you or that you have no purpose in life, he is a liar and he speaks the the falsehood and you don't have to believe those things. So declare with your mouth the truth that you see in God's
0: Word. Absolutely. Think of it like this, and this is absolutely the truth what Paige and I are sharing with you right now because it comes from God's Word. What she just said about Satan being a liar couldn't be more true. Now think about it. In fact, Jesus said it like this: that Satan is such a liar that when he lies, he speaks his native tongue. All right. Mm-hmm. So he he is he is defeated and he's beaten because of what Jesus did on the cross. And in fact, that was even That was even, um, in many ways, shown in a visible way way back. Speaking of the book of Genesis, this is also something we talk about in your story and his story. This was touched on way back at the very beginning of time. The very beginning of time, when when the first man and woman were tempted by the serpent, and we know because of what um, John, the writer of the book of Revelation, says, that ancient serpent is Satan, is the devil himself— and what God said was that as a result of their sin, as a result of the fall, there were some consequences for human beings as a whole. There were some consequences for man and his labor. There were some consequences for the woman. There were some consequences for the serpent, and that it would crawl around from that point on. And there were some consequences for Satan. And that is that the descendant of Eve would be, his heel would be struck by the serpent. That isn't, when we're bitten on the heel, that's not a fatal blow. But the man, the seed of Adam, the seed of Eve, would crush that serpent's head. And that's what Jesus did on the cross once and for all. But Satan will do anything in his power, the devil will do anything to try to usurp the authority of God, to to try to steal his glory, and to destroy those who belong to him that's true. and those who would belong to him. So when he lies to you, that's his agenda. He couldn't care less about you and me, mm-hmm. but he cares very much about trying to steal glory from God. Right. Okay? So he lies to you. Jesus said when he lies, he speaks his native tongue. So the antithesis of him is Jesus, who said, I am the way and the truth and the life. So the things that when, when you're listening to vo- to not literal voices necessarily, that, I mean, that's a whole different thing. But if you're, if you're hearing voices that are telling you things like you're a loser, that you're not worth anything, that you don't have any value to anybody. Listen, those things just Sorry. aren't true. They're not going to be true or not true based on your feelings. These are objective truths. The fact is that you are of value because God deemed it so because he sent his son to hang and die on a cross for you and me and to suffer. And if you want to just learn about the value that we have in God's eyes, then we look to the cross. I mean, self-help books have their place. Encouraging podcasts and messages, they all have their place, I suppose. But nothing as much as what God says when he weighs in so when you're listening to all those voices, you can just ignore them and listen to the voice of truth. I used to love that song by it was a Casting Crowns a few years ago that talked about the, but the voice of truth, that Satan will lie, but the voice of truth is calling out my name. That's a That's great right. truth.
1: That's right. You know, And the other thing I would say to you is go to God's Word because it is truth. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, nobody comes to the Father except through me. He's where you're going to find this life. He's where you're going to find this encouragement. The second thing we want to talk to you about as far as the power of words is that through those words, you can impart encouragement, wisdom, and knowledge to others. You know, um, I will never forget going to a women's event where I spoke, and there was this precious woman who was kind of meek and quiet behind the scenes, but she had so much potential, and you could just tell it was there. And so before I left that day, I said, girl, you have more potential than you even know. You just need to walk in that. Well... Two years later, I come back to the same church, and that woman was in charge of everything she was helping the women to get where they needed to be. She was telling everybody what they were needing to do, and I was like, "Oh, my word, what happened and That's Finally so cool. i asked her i said what what happened and she said, "Well, you're the one that told me I had potential." <laughs> And I was and like, speak it. Yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. It's the power of the tongue. It's the power of words of encouragement. It's the things we tell our kids. It's the things we tell our friends. It's the things we tell even that person at church that may have four kids and the kids are driving her nuts. And you just say, girl, mm. you have got all kinds of influence to, to help these kids to be amazing men and mm. women, to do great things for God. It doesn't matter where that person is as you speak life into them. It's what Proverbs says, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You have got the ability to speak life into people, but you also have the power to speak death. Hmm. You know, you have to be real careful because the opposite is true too. When you get angry or frustrated or whatever, and you look at somebody and say, What is wrong with you? Have you lost your ever loving mind? Yeah. You know, immediately you're taking life from them. And so we really have to be careful, even in our frustration or disgust sometimes, to be careful with the power
0: of the tongue. That's right, because once those words are out there, you can't take them. You, back. Can, you can go back and, and apologize. Or try to explain, or even rationalize or justify. And you know what? The the words that you say then may be accurate, and you may be sincere in your heart. But they're powerful. It's like it's like trying to trying to take back an arrow after you've mm-hmm. shot it out of the bow already. I mean, it's it's out there, That's right. and you can try to heal the wound, but the the damage has been done, and it may leave scars mm-hmm. to boot. So we're just saying, man, hey, be careful. Where, where we need to, man, always speak the truth in love. Be bold, but also be patient. Take those things to God in prayer, especially if you're hearing the hard things. There's just power in that. And like Paige said, you can use the tongue to bless or to curse. Um, several years ago, my grandfather, who uh, is in heaven now, but he's, a, he's an old revival preacher, and uh, just to preach tent revivals all of his life. And boy, he, that, he walked with God now. And he had this long flowing head of white hair. looked like Moses. and we would, we would expect Moses to look. But he came to our home once when we lived in Mississippi. And our two oldest boys were real small at that time. But we got down. He got down in the floor on their level. And we had asked him just to pray a prayer of blessing on them. And so he put his hands on their heads and he prayed down a prayer of blessing on them. And you know, God in God's providence, I don't know what might have happened in their worlds and in their lives. He certainly it's not the first time or the last that he prayed for our for our kids. But what I what I do know is that both of those men are now the most godly men. They walk with the Lord. They both now serve as pastors in local churches, just as he did. And all of our kids, by God's grace, are serving the Lord in some capacity. I'm just saying we all felt the power of his words when he prayed that blessing over them. That's
1: right. That's right. Well, let me quickly get us to the last point, because in the last point is not only can you declare things to yourself and not only can you impart uh, words of encouragement and and wisdom and knowledge to your friends, but you can also tell others about how to come to Christ. That's right. You see, because Jesus commanded us before he ascended into heaven to go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them um, to do the things literally that, that he, he had us. done. Mm-hmm. That's right. He commanded us um, to go and make those disciples. And so if we're to do that, And if we're to then go and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, then we can live things before them. But there comes a point when words must be spoken. That's right. And, you know, I think many of us get sidetracked because we'd say, but I don't know all the verses, Paige, or I can't do it like y'all do it, or I can't like the preacher, you know. Here's what I would tell you. Just show, share, connect. You know, that's Mm -hmm. one of the things we use with the business that we talk about. Show, share, connect. First of all, show the love of Jesus daily in everything that you do, living before man like you need to, but then sharing the hope that is within you. That's what First Peter says, to share that hope that is within you and, and to be ready at whatever time to, tell, to give a reason for that hope, but to do it with gentleness and respect. That's right. You see, what I can tell you is there was a point in my life where I realized that I was a sinner. I confessed to God that I was a sinner and I asked him to forgive me. And from then on, I knew that Christ came into my life. He forgave me of my sin. And now I live daily to please him. You see, it's not about how many scriptures I share with that person. It's about what life change happened in me. And if you know Jesus, you've got a story. You don't have to have all the deep stuff or all the religious terminology you just have to be able to share what happened to you and then connect them. Connect them with other believers, connect them with the local church, connect them with a way to grow. Because when Jesus gave us that command, he said, teaching them to observe all of these things for Lord, I'm with you always into the, to the end of the earth. And here's the deal. As we Teach them to do those things. We're discipling them, and we're teaching them how to do just what we're talking about now: having power in the tongue and learning what it means to live in Christ.
0: And the reason that we're we want to drive that home before we uh, say goodbye is that you know some sometimes people say, "Well, I want people to to uh, know the gospel, learn about Jesus by watching my life." Now there, well-meaning people. Somebody years ago was often quoted uh, who said, uh, "Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words." Well, that sounds really good on the surface, except that nobody, no matter how good a life you live, no one will intuitively know the gospel by watching you live a moral life, and there are people. That live what you and I would call a good moral life. They're a good neighbor. They're kind to others. They give to charity. They serve the the needy who don't know a thing about Jesus, and certainly don't don't trust in Christ by uh, repenting of their sin and trusting Him as their Lord and Savior and His work on the cross. Maybe maybe they're doing all those things because they they want to be good enough to go to heaven, or they want to earn God's favor in somehow. Well, we're saved by grace through faith not from our works. So the reason we're making that a, a, a camping out there for a moment is that people don't just hear the gospel by watching your life or my life. That's why that's why the the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Mm-hmm. So at some point in time, we've got to hear it or we've got to read it in God's word. The gospel is meant to be heard. The gospel is meant to be uh, listened to from a, from a willing witness who shares the truth about who Jesus is. So that is a power of the tongue. That's probably a good place to sign off there. Right. <laughs> you want anything else to share?
1: Well, just um, I, I, I want you to know we're praying for you, yeah. that you will use that tongue to bless and not curse, to be a, a powerful uh, source of life for the people around you. Declare it to yourself. Impart it to others and share eternal life.
0: Absolutely. Hey, thanks for listening to us. We will talk to you next time. And in the meanwhile.